0: Every day we hoistle in and Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Petards Podcast. I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot critic, and Kenya the Podcast. This is the podcast with nothing much to do about aircrafts, but potentially everything to do with the first episode of a filmic series. Petard is a word, a real word. Look it up later so you don't get hoist by your own petard. And you can contact us to sponsor a show or slander a rival. And if you enjoyed today's ad-free listening, then you owe us. We could stack never-ending crooked media ads. We could create sob stories as to why we need your hard-earned money, but we don't. Repay your debt by, one, leaving us an iTunes review, two, telling someone else about our podcast, or three, listening to more episodes. Joining us this week are our friends BJ and Me Too from the Pilot Podcast. You can... See their info in the link in the show notes. Uh, me too. And BJ, I'm, I'm going to start you guys off since you guys also do a pilot podcast. Maybe in like one to two sentences, what makes a good pilot?
1: Time flies by. You're invested in the characters and the plot isn't too complicated.
2: 100% agreed. We've been thinking about that more often because we are going through this summer listener-recommended submissions, and we have a huge backlog, and so we're trying to knock them out. And as we've been watching more and more episodes, that gauge has been incredibly important of, is this episode going by quickly? Because sometimes when they drag, and we know we have three more to do that week, you really feel it. Also, I like to laugh. So if something makes me laugh, then I'm in.
0: So now for today's episode. We are going to cast judgment and determine if the dark comedy drama, Dead to Me, will be hoist or not hoist. That is the question. And we are going to start off with our background. I have already seen this entire series. There's not not a whole lot of background as far as this. It's not based off of a book. Liz Feldman is the writer and creator. We have Amy York Rubin is the director. So definitely shout out for women behind the scenes creating this this um especially pilot and series in general. We do have producers Will Farrell and Adam McKay and me too's going to going to hit us with some Will Farrell and Adam McKay knowledge.
2: Oh, I am not the expert on Will Farrell and Adam McKay. I just wanted us to remember to throw in Adam's name as well as his producing partner because they've created amazing productions that we're familiar with now lots of television shows that are Many are women-led, like Dead to Me. They've also, they're also behind Anchorman, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, and the other guys. They have just created some really great content over the last decade.
0: Yeah, so we can drop uh, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay in the petardar as well. And now for our two-sentence summary of Dead to Me pilot, titled Pilot. Angry Jen and Lion Judy become friends after a grief meeting. Who will be dead to who by the end of the show? Stay tuned to find out if you should give a steaming pile of crap. And we're going to start off with part one. We're going to, as always, try and keep it somewhat brief. This will be spoiler free. We're going to evaluate the pilot, the quality of the pilot, highs, lows, maybe some in-betweens, MVP, and then we will cast our judgment. As our guest, BJ, you've, you've been mostly quiet.
1: I really like Jin's big personality. She's kind of all over the place, but... What I really like is that she's good at those cutting comments that really tear apart someone's interests, personality, actions. It's a mean thing, but it's also a talent, so I have to compliment her for being able to do that.
0: I think the characters, or at least the main characters, are developed very well. Definitely definitely shout out for the character development. Me too.
2: I loved this pilot episode. I think a big high point for me is the dark humor. BJ and I actually watched it together, and he's not a huge fan of dark humor. Although I don't know how you felt overall about the show, but there were just a few lines that truly made me cackle. So I, I loved that. And I love any show that focuses on friendship. So I loved the focus on this developing relationship between Judy and Jen.
0: I didn't really think it was a straight up comedy and it's not, it's not really a drama either. It's definitely not a sitcom. Like, like this was kind of a, some definite genre blending.
2: For sure. What were your high points?
0: You know, we talked in, in the background, we have a bunch of women creators on and off screen. There's some foreshadowing going on in the pilot for anyone that wants to watch the rest of the series. And so I think that was well done. And that will also lead in to my low point. I think, uh, If you watch the series, I know I'm not necessarily criticizing the whole series, but the the episodes are very formulaic. And I would even say they're banking way too much on deception of the audience. That was definitely a low point for me. And that's uh, going to bring Mm. me to a question for you guys in part two. But for now, Me Too didn't have a low point. But go ahead, BJ. (laughs) Well, my low point
1: is kind of about the message that they're delivering, at least in this pilot in terms of grievance. So there is a support group for the main characters. And at one point, they start ranking each other's sadness of like their stories and lives. And I kind of didn't like that message of that you can kind of say someone's life is more sad than others, even though at the same time, they're saying everyone should be able to grieve. So I think People of the show should remember it doesn't matter how sad you think someone else's life is compared to yours everyone feels sadness in their own way and it's all equal.
0: But I would say you could maybe flip that into a high point cuz I think that's maybe more reality of grief groups. Mm. Mm. Me too. You should mention yours. Kind of kind of low point. <laughs> it's-
2: as background listeners, we filled out a doc with notes that is helping to guide the conversation. So my notes are just clearly not as well developed as Jimbo's and BJ's as I read
0: them. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true.
2: For my low point, I didn't really have one. It's just uh, I don't like to be sad as most don't. And so sometimes... <laughs> I experienced a little sadness watching this show because it wasn't a straight-up dark comedy, as we talked about. It's a lot of genre blending, and so I had some moments where I was truly sad for the characters, but that's what you get for watching a show about grief, and so it, w- it wasn't really a low point. I really liked this pilot episode.
0: I definitely agreed to spoiler for, for our our episode. Um, this is a good pilot and drew definitely says like a downer like like if he feels down on on a show he will knock it for that so yeah so if you're this might not be the best show to watch if you're feeling a little down
1: but that's also a high point it speaks to the writers and actors to make you feel sad
0: definitely there's there's a couple scenes in there that that hit me pretty good as a viewer so i would say those are
2: It's also telling when you can empathize and or sympathize or feel sorry for wealthy people that live by the beach in an idyllic California neighborhood. It's just, it takes a lot for me to feel sorry for that sort of crowd.
0: That's a great point you make. Okay, so now for MVP, this is our most valuable part of the pilot. It could be anything on or off screen. And so I'm going to give my MVP out to... Linda Cardellini, she is from a lot of different things, Freaks and Geeks. She gives a great performance. She's really fun. I think she's providing a lot of the humor, which definitely gets blended into like that dark humor.
1: My MVP, I guess it's technically the writers who did this. It's Jen's layered personality. I think they do a really great job of making her this relatable person going through grief, where you can kind of see her trying to keep herself together also see her breaking down and also see how she's able to depend on someone to cope and get through that. And I don't think you see all those sides of people very often. So good job for this show for putting that out there.
2: I'd say my MVP was watching Linda Cardellini and Christina Applegate shine. I've loved Christina Applegate for a really long time. She was actually on a short-lived show called Samantha Who that was delightful. And then Linda Cardellini is an icon, even though she was part of that Green Book movie, but we won't talk about it. And they're just often Uh overlooked and underrated characters who are the funny friends in things, and they don't get to be the stars of things. And they do some really weird stuff. Truly everything Judy does in this pilot episode. And they sell it because they're just so great to watch that at least for me, I bought these things as things that at least their characters would do even if it's something I would never see myself or any person I know doing.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And if and if you like that, you should continue watching because I think you'll get a lot more of that. Which actually leads us into the moment before the moment we've all been waiting for. This is our watch or rewatch. So for BJ and me too, they have not seen the series yet, so me too, are you going to continue watching this Shining Friendship?
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: And BJ? So I'm still undecided after watching
1: the pilot. And I can also tell this is kind of a show where there's some questions I want answered. And after I find out the answer, I probably won't go back to it either.
2: Yeah, it does strike me as once the reveals happen, I won't be interested in watching it again for the story. I just want to get to those reveals.
0: I actually really enjoyed rewatching the pilot. So I have seen the whole series, as I mentioned. I'm kind of with you. I don't think I will rewatch the first season. I might watch the second season just to jump ahead even a little more. I wasn't a huge fan of the ending of the first season. And then going back to the formulaic, I mean like the series really suffers from every single episode ending on like a huge cliffhanger to me, like that gets really annoying that you have to bank your whole episode on like tricking the audience into wanting to come back to see what the answer is. But some people obviously really love that. Did you binge watch it? Yes, I think I watched it in probably a couple of days or maybe a, like a, a week. Yeah, I, I came after like I, I came home from work, and we have a baby at the house, and so we watched it like when the baby let us <laughs> over the course <laughs> oh, of like wow. a few days. Yeah, and so this brings us into the moment we've all been waiting for: to hoist or not to hoist. That is the question. And for any new listeners, to hoist means the show is bad, and to not hoist means the show is at least good enough. And it looks like it looks like we have a consensus. We are all not hoisting this pilot. I've mentioned it more than once. It It is a good pilot.
1: I like what you said. It is good enough. There are some issues with it, but it's definitely worth trying.
2: Yes.
0: And now, for Mo's favorite part of the show. This is the put it anywhere but there, guys. Quest for the best and worst Pilot ever, we're kind of a little bit all over the place,
2: but that's what you're saying, Jimbo, is that this thing is so subjective. So
0: the list is really tough. Um, I would say it's better than you because I watched Dead to Me and I did not watch you. Now, how about Big Little Lies? A good gauge. Does anyone want Ooh. want to make an argument for above or below? I'd put it above Big Little Lies. I think I would as well. And I wasn't a huge fan of Umbrella Academy, which maybe. Brings us to The Good Place, BJ. (laughs) Can it battle The Good Place? I really like
1: The Good Place. I think that that is too low on the list. So (laughs) I would put this below that, but there's some things above The Good Place that Mm. The Good Place needs to move before I can really rank Dead to Me in comparison.
2: I would say it's not as good as The Good Place pilot. But I would put it above, for me, Umbrella Academy.
0: You know, let's just roll with that. (laughs) For time purposes, we have a new 24 coming in below The Good Place. I'm going to put it above Leftovers, which is last week's pilot. And it's just a lot shorter and more enjoyable than The Leftovers. So we have a new 24. Part two, this is our filmic analysis and interpretation of the pilot. We are going to let the spoilers flow like wine. So if you... Don't want to be spoiled, pause, go watch the pilot or the series or whatever, and come back. And as always, we're going to start with our Crab Man Award. This goes to a character with a small role, but large contributions to either the story or just straight up viewing enjoyment and pleasure. I think I have the Crab Xanax Ambient Zombie Mom Award going this week, but I'm going to go ahead and let BJ and V2 make their cases.
1: Yeah, that's a solid contender. I'm going for Karen, the neighbor who delivers a Mexican lasagna at the start of the episode.
0: With raisins in it.
1: Yeah, that was a interesting recipe that really helped <laughs> set up Jen and her family and how they're all interacting with each other. So I think you really needed that person to deliver that lasagna.
0: But actually, you know, I could be swayed to Karen for sure. Me too. And this is a competition. We usually, you know take take a lot of pride in winning a Crabman award.
2: Oh, this is competitive. I thought it was each of us naming
0: Oh no, there's only one Crab Award. Okay, so someone's gonna get it and someone's not gonna get it.
2: I like that Karen moment Beach, but I'll raise you Kyle because <laughs> when he says, and it's a quick throwaway line, but we've all been Kyle in settings. Kyle is in the grief group and Jen and Judy are taking up all this space, yelling at each other while other people are processing their grief. And you hear Kyle, really overhear Kyle saying to someone, I guess Kate and Allie are having trouble. And for some reason, the way he delivers the line, I absolutely unraveled. I made BJ rewind it. We watched it several times. And that is my Crabman Award. Because we've all been Kyle. We we're like, oh, I guess Susie and like Jennifer are at it again.
0: Wow, this this is tough uh, cuz those are both, so so Kyle is like the true crabman essence. Like he has just like the smallest contribution but it's – I didn't remind it and watch mm-hmm. it several times, but I think if I did I would have <laughs> I would have really liked that because yeah, that is like like the people off off screen are probably love that. They they probably like got such a kick out of that.
2: It's so funny.
0: So I I was going for more like straight up just blatant like low blow joke at the other woman in the grief that kind of looks like a Xanax ambient zombie mom yeah. like plus 40 years. And so that I thought was just really funny, but I'm I'm already ready to drop my 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 zombie mom. Karen has a huge impact towards the pilot. Kyle's kind of just a really cool little crap performance as well.
1: Here's a question, is Karen okay. a recurring character?
0: Somewhat. I would say she's still eligible. Pastor Wayne is not. He's he's uh, way too involved.
2: So for the Crabman Award, is it what the person does or what they cause? Meaning-
0: It could be both.
2: Kyle's line, I think, is better than Karen's lasagna. But Jen making fun of Karen's lasagna when Karen says, I don't know what you're going through. And Jen is like, well, imagine you have a husband and then he's run over by a car. That was a fantastic line. Yes, it was. But that was Jen's, not Karen. She just kind of set it up by bringing that whack lasagna over.
1: That was Karen's contribution.
2: Okay, it was Karen's <laughs> tithes to bring that lasagna over. But Kyle actually delivered the line that was very funny.
1: Karen delivered the lasagna. I see the
0: dilemma. You know
2: who do you remember the person who passes the ball, or the person who dunks it?
0: depends <laughs> depends on the dunk dude i I've, <laughs> I've seen some terrible dunks out there.: <laughs> I love the opening scene, and I'm swayed more towards Karen, but I think these are three solid crab nominees, and so the Crab Mexican lasagna Award is going to go to Karen this week. Woo! Team Karen. All right, congratulations, BJ. congratulations on that, yep. And so now we we are going to continue to analyze the story. There's a bunch of talking points. We're not going to get to all of them. This 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 pilot does provide a lot of food for thought. Uh, the one that I really want to ask you guys, because you did not see the, the pilot before, at what point did you become at least suspicious of Judy?
1: Uh, not until the end. And then me too told me some things.
0: <laughs> me too. How about you?
2: <laughs> I was suspicious when jen pulled over and was taking note of a dent in a car because she was doing that to see which car hit her husband when judy said do you do this all the time she seemed both concerned for jen and herself when she asked that question and so that's when i was set off a little bit like i wonder why she's so concerned about this
0: that's that's maybe like halfway through the the series so so when I started watching this the first time, I already knew that the show was about a woman that becomes friends with the person she, whose husband she killed. So I, I already knew before I started watching. So I definitely, there's, there was some music that kind of cues you to Jen being really suspicious when, she, when her, um, when her and Jen are in the meeting and, and Jen just like pops off like, like how do you forgive someone? You know, whatever. And then, and then the, the music kind of shifts, and, it, and the camera centers on Judy. So obviously, on the rewatch, it's like a dead giveaway that they're already, yeah. Yeah, but yeah there's definitely a bunch of cues, and then she even says the line like, "I wanted to tell you, I wanted to tell you, maybe twice, if not a third time." And so there's a bunch, of, and and that was that foreshadowing I really liked.
1: Oh, now I mm-hmm. want to see that scene where they
0: first meet again. It's it's worth a rewatch. Just that Maybe scene. it is worth
2: the rewatch.
0: And so I had this assumption that it was really obviously Judy from the start because, but I already knew before I started watching.
2: Because they immediately start trusting each other very mm-hmm.
0: quickly. She even asks her for for a hug, and it's just really awkward at, at the beginning. But then, like when you look at it, it even gets a little sinister because Judy, pretty clear, like once you know what's going on, Judy's like stalking Jen
2: yeah. just uh... to like
0: cover up her guilt. Which gets, which makes all of her funny things like extra sinister.
1: Uh, yes. So Judy knew who Jin was the whole time.
2: This is a spoiler-filled part of the episode, right?
0: Yes. Go for it.
2: She's a stalker, but isn't she also a victim of James Marsden, Steve?
0: She is. She is. That's what makes it so complex, and I think that's what makes the themes. The show kind of shifts from like between grief and guilt. Like there's definitely a lot of guilt with all the main characters. So that's that's yeah. another another thing to watch for in the future.
2: James Marsden was great in that role. That's another person like Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini that I think should be more famous than he is.
0: I can't I I just know him as Cyclops and then he was in the Westworld.
2: <laughs> he was on Enchanted and he was in 27 Dresses.
1: I think all of those things explain why he's not as famous as
0: could be. And me too. He wasn't a high point or an MVP.
2: No, that's true. <laughs> I would add him now to my high point now that I think about it. I'm just more concerned about Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. I'm not concerned about James Marsden as much. Oh, yeah. I do think that it's interesting that he's not as famous as his contemporaries when I believe he's in his 40s, but still looks so young, can play young. He's very handsome. He's super fit. He has the body of someone that I think could be in one of those superhero movies. And yet we gave him a couple rom-coms, we gave him Hairspray, and we sent him on his way. It's just interesting to me. He just strikes me as someone who should be more famous.
0: I think you're falling for his good looks. You know, I think, I I think, uh, I think BJ may, may be onto something.
2: (laughs) I personally don't care. I tend to care more about women being overlooked. I'm just saying, when I say (laughs) should be more famous, I mean like by the algorithm I understand Hollywood to be. Like he's a hot, straight, white guy who still looks super young, is in super great shape, and could be one of those avengers or something you know that's what i'm saying he was cyclops okay yeah so he was okay back to the show jimbo please get us back on track
0: so since we are talking about steve his his, his character on the show is steve there there is judy's grief scene and they show it twice and, and i think those are one of the scenes i really enjoyed it, really powerful emotions she's alone and steve didn't die that says a lot about judy and steve It definitely sets up him to be a villain as well, right off the bat.
1: Yeah, I really like that reveal with the second showing of the hospital scene, kind of giving us a better explanation of what was actually happening versus what they let us assume was happening. And I think that was kind of a, a clever way to revisit the same scene from different perspectives.
0: That was one of the deceptions that I liked. I think... Some of the other yeah. deceptions got a little more boring. But me too. I Sorry, I cut you off.
2: I was just going to say, we don't have to go too deeply into this, but I once read an article about miscarriages because I just didn't know anything about them. And they're a lot more traumatic than I had originally understood them to be. And so it sets up Steve perfectly to be a villain because I can't fathom leaving someone alone while they're experiencing something like that. After reading truly what happens during a miscarriage, I don't know what I thought it was before. I think because the word is used so flippantly and in how we talk about it, like they miscarried or they had a miscarriage, but it's a big thing that happens to your body. Yeah, so it just sets his his being a villain up really well.
0: She has a big blood stain. Like like if so, if you do, if you don't know what miscarriages are and you want to feel a lot more terrible, like look it up and watch that scene.
2: Yeah and we don't know how far along she was i can't recall
0: if they talk about it throughout throughout the series i know she's far along enough where she thought she was going to have a kid that time oh that's rough they had the room set up and everything
2: oh that's tough yeah definitely man so he's just a jerk
0: he is a world class asshole
2: ugh james marsden why <laughs> <laughs> This was now your I'm chance. Only...
1: Why'd you do it?
2: <laughs> now I'm the only member of the James Marsden fan club, or whatever, whatever we call ourselves. The he's James High. He's just
0: an actor, me too. Okay, this <laughs> this isn't him. All right, he's just acting. It's just a show. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I hate that fucker. He's ugly. <laughs> His body's not that good.
2: <laughs> yeah, I take it all back from earlier. Now I love you, James Marsden.
0: All right, BJ, do you have do you have anything else that we should dive into?
1: the passing of time there was a really cool transition scene where they just kind of shifted from one hangout session to another and you realize that they've been doing this for like a while now talking and supporting each other so it was a cool cinematic technique where they kind of slid forward in time from one scene to another
2: yeah that's true
0: the montage where where like they had the music going or something
1: yeah the montage yeah
0: And there were some other nice shots as well, just like the sunset. Well done. I think that's probably good. As always, we may or may not dive back into the literary analysis when we jump into our part three. We'll be jumping outside of the pilot and to the stage Our Stormy Daniels' dangling threads of interest. And as always, I did not look up Stormy. I'm sure she's dangling out there somewhere. For any new listeners, we are going to talk about any themes and topics outside of the pilot that we think are interesting enough. And as always, we might dive back into the pilot. I did a kind of a little bit of research into legal options for someone that was maybe feeling guilty for a crime that they weren't a suspect for. And there's really no options at all. Like you just keep your mouth shut and deal with it. (laughs) I I have a friend that's a lawyer. I also have an uncle who is a retired cop, sheriff, deputy, so, you know, a law enforcement career. His his joke was when I asked him, is there any reward, legal benefit to turning yourself in? And he said, yes, free room and board. <laughs> you know, it really comes down to the um, prosecuting or, or the uh, DA and kind of, you know, so whether they care if you turn yourself in, like, it seems like probably not. And then I asked my lawyer friend, and he said it would have to be kind of like a high-profile case. You might get some sympathy, but he said probably not as well. So if anyone's guilty of something that you haven't been convicted of, just don't turn yourself in, dude. It's just not, not going to go well for you.
2: Also, aren't DAs elected?
0: DAs are elected, yes. And if they want to get reelected, they usually have to be tough on crime.
2: They have to be the tough on crime candidates, and they're like, I have X percentage prosecution rates, I put the people yep. away. So they're probably incentivized to put people away. Definitely. Shout
0: out to Drew's favorite Democratic candidate, Senator Harris. Senator Harris.
2: Senator Kamala Harris.
0: So so this brings me to a question should there be some type of incentive for a person to turn themselves in. Mm. I could see the problems e- either way. The f- like the people of, of any potential victims are not going to feel good about someone getting a soft punishment. And I'm not sure if the person that turns themselves in is going to feel any better. They're probably going to be skeptical and suspicious of possibly not getting any incentive.
1: Yeah. I think if it's a uh, type of crime, let's just think where you're going to like prison or something, and there is the option to leave. Let's not go that far. <laughs> but <laughs> you have the option to leave prison early on good behavior. I think it should be a note in your file for a judge to see that oh, this person turned themselves in, and they can just have that as a extra point of consideration.
2: Did you see that Facebook thread of, I think it was in Washington State maybe, these cops were posting about this dude, and he commented on it and was like, I'll turn myself in. I just have to get some stuff done tomorrow. (laughs) And so they were jokingly posting back and forth, like sending him pictures of the jail cell. And he was like, I just have a few errands to run. And then I think they ended up taking a picture of him turning himself in. Social media has made everything very strange. Yeah, so basically they...
1: This was real.
2: (laughs) Yes, this was a real thing. This dude was actually supposed to turn himself into jail and was you know had to get some things done so i had a very similar friday i had to do laundry mail some things pick up
1: dry cleaning you don't want to leave that there
2: <laughs> i actually just got a skirt tailored like i had a lot of stuff to do and i guess this guy did too and nobody has time for jail but he had to he had to make time because he had to go we thankfully don't have to go to jail so-
0: <laughs> hopefully right <laughs> So with my lawyer friend, of course he, you know, he made the joke: "Is everything okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, hopefully nothing <laughs> crazy happens like today or tomorrow, because I'm gonna look suspicious as crap, like asking all these questions about like That's what true. if you turn yourself <laughs> in? Like you have know, all blah. blood." Blah, blah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hypothetically, if I hit someone,
2: <laughs> sometimes I'll watch crime shows and I want to Google questions after, but then I get scared of googling, you know how much time do you get if you blah 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 because when you watch whenever i watch dateline or forensic files is on netflix shout out to that show it's they always in the later episodes when they have access to things like internet search histories it's always like he googled how to hide body how how to how much time if i hide body like (laughs) explicit questions like that that sometimes i have based on a show because i'm confused about plot points like we're discussing now but i don't ever want someone to get hurt in my neighborhood period but then for them to be like what was this girl googling yesterday
0: yeah i had the same the same exact thing because because i was thinking like let's say someone did do like a hit and run manslaughter and it wasn't me but then yeah. they're looking at my phone like dude it looks like it was probably this guy and then, like, exactly. like, let's say some, like, let's say something crazy did happen. Like, let's say I did happen to accidentally hit a deer that day or night or something. You know, like, you mm-hmm. could... Oh. It's only a couple, like, leaps from you could accidentally or maybe get busted for something you didn't do because you were curious about turning yourself in and getting away or getting a lesser penalty for manslaughter or something like that.
1: That's why you can't trust the cloud.
0: That's like the new police state. It's it's you know, the internet.
1: Google knows, Amazon knows, all these companies know. Yes, they all know. <laughs> Although Apple claims they're
0: not gonna tell anyone. But they know. They know. <laughs> they'll tell someone f- they'll tell someone for the right price.
2: They were subpoenaed, weren't they? That was a big deal. Someone tried to get that Apple to deal. open someone's phone and they refused, and I can't tell if I, I can't remember how it ended, if they were able to get into that person's phone.
1: The government figured it out on their own.
2: <sighs> okay, sounds yeah, I mean, <laughs> good.
0: So, so yeah. if you are Apple, you like you have a lot. You have a lot to lose by letting the government look at your stuff, even if it's for a good cause, like catching
2: heinous serial killer or something like that. Twenty three and Me made the same pledge, where they said that they wouldn't turn in their data. I believe, but I think it's free game on. Was it Ancestry.com that they found GSK? Yeah, the Golden yeah. State Killer. 23 Me said to not be concerned, but Ancestry.com sl- said we can't make any promises.
1: Case by case basis.
2: Because they Don't found worry. the Golden State Killer <laughs> through a cousin.
0: And like the crazy thing is you can be one, one of these people that never puts a photo on Facebook, that never gives your DNA to anyone, but you know what? If five of your cousins do... And if you're in the background on a few Google photos, your face is recognized and your DNA is recognized and you will no longer be able to be a serial killer.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Even after all the Cambridge Analytica stuff, Facebook admitted they have phantom profiles for people who have never signed up. Yes.
2: Oh, yeah. That's a thing.
1: Once your friend posts a picture of you, uploads their contacts and you're in there, they know everything about you and they're just going to keep that logged.
2: Also... My phone in my photos will sort people by face. So if I go into my photos and I click people, it has a little button for you, BJ. It has one for my nieces, just people I take pictures of, which is basically you and my nieces. (laughs) Great. (laughs) And y'all all all have your own little buttons on my phone. Yeah, thumbnails have one in my phone. Mm -hmm.
1: Apple knows exactly what you look like. Yeah. From different angles, too.
2: Yeah, so even if you didn't have an iPhone, it knows that the phone number connected to BJ is this guy. Terrifying.
0: In the future, when you walk into a mall, if they still exist, there's going to be like a little robot that's going to come straight to you, that's going to know your face, and is going to know exactly what store you want to go to, and is going to know exactly which way to get there, and it's going to know exactly what advertisements that are going to trick you into spending the most money, and all that good stuff.
1: I think this sounds cool, but I'm not a criminal, so it's okay.
2: Yeah, you definitely frame that. As, <laughs> it's scary, but I also, the mall is daunting. So the idea is like being like, come here, child. It's, not, like, it's let me all help bad. You.
0: I know, but like the people that think like robots are going to, for some reason, want to take over the world like a Terminator or the Matrix. No, robots are going to make large amounts of money for the person that wrote the program. Like That's what robots are going to do. <laughs> or at least that's my prediction
1: makes sense
0: let's talk about predictable murderers bj
1: like we said earlier i didn't know the whole setup of the murderer becoming friends with the widow but i was kind of disappointed with that reveal at the end of the episode i wanted it to be someone unrelated so that these two women could just have their own complicated friendship that didn't involve the guilt of killing someone's husband, I feel like a lot of TV and movie producers feel like they have to make the murderer someone like right in your face, just to make it easier for the viewers to figure out. And I say, why not challenge the audience and make it a little harder to figure out who that person is?
0: I agree. I think I would like the show as much, if not more, if it was just a show about two women grieving and going through their thing, like I, that's that's the kind of story that I am really interested in. I'm not so much interested in like, ooh, got you. It was her. And the next week, it's like, oh, got you. It was her plus this. Ooh, got <laughs> you. It was her and this other thing plus this. And oh, by the way, this, this, this. You tricked me because I was interested in a friendship. But as we already mentioned, you know, money talks, and this is what people want apparently
1: true it's a popular approach to these stories or types of stories
0: this is another thing and then me too i'll let you i'll let you respond because i'm kind of boxing you out right now but netflix doesn't have that like week by week like netflix is a binge service so like why are they setting up like hbo or hulu or abc where you need to catch the person to come back next week netflix doesn't need you to come back next week In fact, most of you are going to come back in, like, one second. You're not even going to leave. Like, you might go to the bathroom.
2: That's true. But I think that Netflix has to get you to click on the next episode. I personally am very comfortable walking away from a Netflix show and (laughs) watching it regularly. So waiting a few days. I don't have to binge everything I watch. But when something has a pretty juicy reveal, like, BJ and I just reviewed La Casa de Las Flores. And that's something that... I just had to finish that weekend. I had to know everything that happened to that family. And so when a show has that juicy element or that reveal and secrets element, then it gets me to click in. Also, I think Netflix creates its content based on what we're interested in, right? Like, For example, I believe House of Cards was one of their first shows that was created basically based on what we were clicking on. With their movies and a little bit of the original content that they had, I don't think Bo Willimon set out to create a political show. It's what we showed Netflix we were interested in.
0: So that's kind of my point, is that Netflix is basing it off of what weekly series are doing because they have a bunch of weekly series on there that that are popular. They're not a weekly platform because they release everything at one time. Mm -hmm. so like so like me too for you are you more like like let's say episode three or four or seven do you need a cliffhanger to press the next button or, or or shouldn't you already be invested at that point
2: i don't need a cliffhanger if the show is really good but it's if it's not really good then i'm very comfortable cutting it off and doing something else and coming back but i'm also just not someone who is inclined to sit and watch a show for six hours, unless it's fantastic, then for sure, I'll sit and watch the whole thing. But if it's not really, really good, but it has a cliffhanger, I'll at least watch the first few minutes of the next show. Like BJ and I watched Marching Orders. It's the reality show on Netflix. It's a really great show. We'd strongly recommend it. It's about a marching band. It's 13 minute episodes. And we watched like three episodes before we started reviewing because we couldn't stop.
1: And it did have cliffhangers at the end of those, like 13 minutes. Each episode
2: ended in a cliffhanger. It was so good.
0: So maybe it's like a fail safe option.
1: Well, here's a question for you, Jimbo Do you think you would be as interested in Dead to Me season one if they marketed it as a really long movie that they just kind of split up into pieces for you? Or do you think that TV show size actually works to its advantage?
0: I think you could fit it into a movie format and it would be a better story. I definitely like good stories. And so a lot of my critiques are literary, like maybe snobbish, but I like good stories with good characters. I hate drawn out suspense. That drives me crazy. And that'll definitely make me not want to watch something. And I don't like the formulaic stuff that I've complained about like five or 10 times now. So, but If I was going to make a show and I was going to profit off it, guess what I would make? I would make the formulaic (laughs) crap on Netflix or an Avengers movie because if it was up to me, I would want to make money more than make a piece of art. So I am a hypocrite.
1: (laughs) End of the day, it's a business. So
0: you got to make some concessions. So what's your guys' take on that?
1: I don't mind the weekly episode approach with the cliffhangers. But it's like Me Too. I don't always binge a lot of these shows, so it works for me to like have a cliffhanger, take a few days off, and then come back to it. The few series I do binge, like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, I'm like planning to just power through it so the cliffhangers don't even really last that long because I'm probably just going to start the next episode immediately.
0: That's what I was speculating as well. I think most people, if you're already in a few episodes, the cliffhanger, it might hold you in, like it, you know, like, like Me Too was saying, if you're not really that interested in the show. But if, if your viewers aren't that interested, then you already failed at something.
1: Good point.
2: Yeah, it can be a little bit of a crutch or a fail-safe, like you said.
0: Obviously, Netflix is banking on computers and algorithms, and they're doing pretty well. So unless Disney comes in and changes the game, this is it.
2: Isn't Friends going to... I feel like Warner Brothers is creating a streaming service with some other folks.
0: I wouldn't be surprised.
1: All the major networks are taking back their shows from Netflix to create their
0: own streaming services. Which is not going to go well for a lot of these services.
2: I'm going to go back to super premium cable and paying (laughs) for one cable package.
0: People are going to go back to cable for sure. The cable companies are probably in on this big time
2: for sure all
0: right so another another great dangle we started off with murder and we ended on on cable companies all right me too you want to you uh you want to dangle grief secrets or friendships
2: (laughs) i don't think we need to dangle these it's just these were the bigger threads that i was thinking of in life and in this show is grief secrets friendship
0: Yes, all great themes. And if you're interested in any of those, watch this show and you will definitely get them. We're going to jump to uh, not much, actually. I uh, There's no petard trivia this week. Are petardar any recommendations for viewers based off of today's pilot episode and also conversation? Because I am really a fan of the shows that women are making I'm gonna throw out Russian Dolls because that's another great show that has almost all the off-screen big big positions are women, so that's a good one. Um, you know, Me Too I think made made a comment about the Green Book. I'm I'm throwing out the Green Book because <laughs> Linda Car- Cardellini just has a fun performance. She plays a Italian woman, and it's like a completely different role. You barely recognize her. So, and I thought that that movie was was mostly fun, not like the greatest movie ever really cliche but me too what do you think i'm i'm actually curious
2: (laughs) (laughs) i I didn't like it but i would strongly recommend Jesus and marrow have a late night show on showtime but this is available on youtube they did a green book spoof i would say that that four minute spoof was much better than the movie so strong recommend that octavia spencer could have produced that as well it was that quality. She didn't I don't wanna <laughs> <laughs> is it slander is spoken? I don't wanna slander her,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you have to pay us to slander people, me too, okay, you know we we're not slandering for free,
2: no, not for free,
0: cool, well, I'm definitely gonna check out that four minute uh little spoof, and then anything else we should we should toss into the petardar for our listeners.
1: Yeah, so I have a recommendation of another TV series. It kind of picks up off of Me Too's dangling threads of grief, secrets, and friendship. A series called Dead Like Me. So this was an old series, uh, MGM series, two seasons and a movie. And it's about a young girl who's like 18. She dies, becomes a Grim Reaper. But one of the big themes is about her family grieving because they're a big part of the show and how she's trying to move on with new friends in this afterlife. And there's also a lot of secrets going on with the family. And I think it's just another very realistic approach of how people grieve the loss of a loved one.
2: I actually have one more. Now that I am thinking about shows about grief and friendship. Broad City. It's by Abby Jacobson and Alana Glazer created Broad City. It's one of the best comedies of all time. It was on Comedy Central. That's a show that centers around their friendship. And the series finale deals in grief. The last season really deals with grief. And the series finale is of the best series finales I've ever seen. So would strongly recommend that show. All
0: right. So that's going to wrap up today's episode. I'd like to thank BJ and Me Too And go check out the pilot podcast. There'll be links in the show notes. And if you're still listening, that means you owe us. Repay your debt by telling someone else about our podcast or leaving us an iTunes rating. Remember, what would Carson Daly do? Next week, we may or may not do some type of Vikings gauntlet. And I may or may not keep producing episodes. It's starting to feel way too much like work. And my summer vacation is not giving me... As much podcast time as I thought. We would like to thank Jake Drew for the intro and outro music. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or join our Facebook group. Me too, or BJ, would you like to plug anything?
2: You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. BJ, where can people find the podcast?
1: You'll find all our links at com. Thanks for having us, Jimbo. <laughs>
2: Alright, well yeah, thanks
0: again. Every day we whistle in.